The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Tēnā Simon Pound here. Hey, thank you so much for having us along and listening to Business is Boring this year. And thank you so much, especially to all the great guests who share their stories so generously and all the people who comment and get in touch about the podcast. It's been a great year and is such a lucky thing to do and we can't wait to be back with more next year. In the meantime, while we take a short break over summer, here's one of our favourite episodes from earlier in the year. Take care. Matewa. Kia ora koutou katoa. Welcome to Business is Boring. You gotta see it to be it. And today's guest is helping people see the idea of being Māori millionaires by documenting her journey of learning about financial independence and empowerment. Teikahu Kura Boynton is a law student working in law and has created the Māori Millionaire podcast, media platform, courses and training to help share the principles it takes to be better with money, lead a conversation about having a wealth mindset, increase financial literacy and meet people where they are to make this important knowledge accessible. To talk the kaupapa, the journey and what's next, Teika Hukura joins us now. Tēnā thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Māori Ora. Hey, so first up, how did you come to be interested in this world of, of finance and empowerment? I guess since I was young, I've always really had an interest in personal finance and I've read a lot of books. My mum was the type to always say, if you're bored, go read a book. And so I've read a lot of personal finance books as a young person. And as I continued to um, grow up, it became a bit harder to um, kind of implement those um, whakaaro in my everyday life just due to limited resources and things and when I was at uni um, when I first started I was basically broken I decided now's the time to kind of get started with my personal finance journey save an emergency fund and actually try and um, create or grow wealth for me and then my future tamariki. What kind of books and resources kind of gave you the bug. What kind of stuff did you really connect to as you were learning about this in the first place? Um, funnily enough, I was eight years old when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and mm. so that was a really young age to read a book like that. Um, but I really liked the concepts that were in them and the idea that you could grow money. And I remember after reading that book, I actually called um, my nan and I was like, hey, nan, I'm just calling to make sure that you're like maximizing your accounts for compound interest and things. And she's like, Kahu, like, um, aren't you supposed to be at school or something? <laughs> um, but it was definitely something that I thought was just so cool, this idea that you could just grow money. 
And also the mindset, right? Like I remember being very influenced by the fact that, you know, there are certain ways that people set up their lives that means that they win. And there's certain ways that people set up their lives that means that they don't get to win, you know, like with rich people earn interest, poor people pay interest. Mm. But you can you can change those things, right? Mm, definitely. And I think that as young people, especially when you're at Wānanga, um, you have the potential to really take those opportunities that you have at that point. Whilst you have a limited income, you have limited um, expenses as well. And you can use that as a, a really big opportunity to actually make some positive decisions that will um, open up better opportunities in the future for us. And tell me about the role of your mother, as you're saying, that she's helped to spark that love of learning. Mm. My mum was a school teacher, and so growing up, education was really important. And she was the type of person that, um, no matter our income, if it was low, she always wanted um, her children to have the best opportunities. And so she was really creative about some of the ways that she was able to offer those opportunities to us. Um, for example, she had a friend when I was um, maybe in year nine or something, who spoke French. And I had said to my mum that I wanted to um, learn how to speak a new language. And we didn't have money for French lessons at that point, but I taught her like really basic te reo Māori and in exchange for that, she taught me French. And so it was things like that that she was really creative about, okay, even if we have no money, let's be creative about um, giving me this opportunity. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, and and your mum being a teacher, my parents were teachers, and you know it's a really funny place where you've got really educated people at, who are great at their profession, but unlike lots of other professions, they can't set stuff up to write stuff off and be all clever with money, and you know their pay is low compared to what the the work that they do is, and they're in that because they want to pass on the knowledge, and that's their vocation. But it's one of those areas of life where, um, you know, the rich dad poor dad stuff doesn't really kick in, does it? Yeah, I think it's about really thinking outside of the square though because we often have scenarios like this where it would be easy to say, oh, the situation I'm in right now limits um, what I can do. And so the mindset that I've had um, throughout this wealth journey is, okay, things are like they are right now, but let's see what else we can do. Let's think outside of the box and whether that's streams of income. You know, if we as students have limited incomes and there's not much um, to spare there to invest or save each week, it's about being creative to find out, actually, I might go to the op shop and actually sell things that I find at the op shop to create an extra source of income. That source of income can be used to buy my groceries meaning that I can afford to save or I can afford to invest each week. So as a school teacher, you know, those things, despite her limited income at that point, was about, okay, I have a limited income, but I have those um, networking abilities that allows her to be able to offer those opportunities to me and my brother. How did you come to start Māori Millionaire? I, yeah, so like I said, when I was at uni, I was actually like flat broke at that point. Um, And I had no money, no car, nothing really. And I was applying for jobs um, to be able to pay my rent. And each job I applied for, they came back with me, oh, you don't have a car, so we can't offer you this job. And I was just so stuck then because I needed to pay my bills. And I decided that that level of stress just wasn't cool. I didn't enjoy it. And I didn't want to... um, 
live a life. Like I was just starting out my like adult journey and I decided I didn't want to be broke. And so I made an active decision in my mind. I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to pay my rent and then I'm going to um, figure out how I can have a backup for me so that I don't worry about money and create new income streams so that I can always have enough of um, enough putia. And so it was then that I started, um, I created an Instagram page, a TikTok page, and I just shared this journey with other people. And at that point, I had started saving money. Um, and when I started Multi Millionaire, I had saved $20,000 um, and invested it in the stock market. And from there, I just kept on doing this and I kept on sharing my journey with other people. And others really found um, a lot of value in the fact that I myself had gone through some similar experiences that a lot of Māori go through. And so people found it really cool and they started their own investing journeys as well, which is awesome. Yeah, tell me about that kind of, the, 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 the mission behind the page and especially the idea that, you know, if you're if you're dealing with a situation where, you know, people have had um, been dispossessed of land, have had wealth kind of ripped from them, and then starting from a place uh, of, of low wealth. Like, how did you make that super accessible? Mm, I literally started it off as a little side project of mine, and it wasn't to create uh, to start making money when I started Modi Millennia. It was literally just to share my journey, and so all of my resources at that point um, were free for people. And I started my podcast and my blog, and it was all accessible for Fano to be able to access. And the way I was able to do that was that I interviewed other people so that I could learn new things, and then from there I created content. And as people started following it, I was able to monetize it. But at the start, everything was free for people to access. And even today, um, almost all of my content is free, bar a few paid courses um, and ebooks. So I think it's all about that accessibility. I think that's a big um, problem for no Māori have. When we have really cool books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but we also have low literacy rates amongst Māori, how can we access that information if we can't read um, at that level? So being able to create content that's simple and easy to understand is at the key of Māori millionaire. And tell me about the idea of wealth, because money, it's not money for money's sake, right? What does money, what does money and wealth do? And, and what, what does it help to turn around? So um, in, in my opinion, money allows us to live a life with the tikanga that are important to us. So without putia, we have to work a nine to five or we have to be at mahi for certain hours of a day. My what I want to do is to be able to have enough putia that, oh, there's a tangi, I don't want to be able to, I don't want my boss to dictate whether I can go or not. I want to have the putia to make those decisions for myself and I want to be able to um, take time off when I have kids or important things in my life. I don't want someone else controlling that. And I think that's also part of that colonisation because when we work and someone else is literally controlling our every move, it's like colonisation on a on a smaller level in our mahi. And so I think that having multiple streams of income or having investments and having savings, it allows us to really live as we wish to, which is really important, I think, today. That's so interesting. Like the way employment law is set up is not set up to understand the nature of tangi 
and no. the fact that it's multi-day and there, you know, maybe may more than one in a year, and yeah. bereavement leave is based on probably not even enough for a single tangi. No. <laughs> and in terms of that kind of personal sovereignty um, of of being able to have your own choices and, you know, <laughs> do what's important in your life. Like, you know, m- money is the unlock for a lot of that. Hey, but like, how has it been for you personally to share your journey as it's also, you know, it's it's so much about empowerment, the, the money thing, but it's hard to talk about money, like as a whole society, like mm. it's hard for us to talk about money. 100%. And I think, especially in Fano Māori, it's kind of frowned upon to talk so openly about pūtia. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me is that when we talk about something, we're able to improve our behaviours or our whakaaro. Like, how many times have I sat with other people and been like, how much do you pay for this? And then their price is, like, so much cheaper. And I'm like, wow, I pay this much. If we talk about it, we can actually see those differences and we can create better outcomes. But when we're not talking about it and we're all struggling with money, because we all do, there's a cost of living crisis. Everyone has their own little issues when it comes to poo if we're able to just demystify that and actually have conversations about it, reduce stigma about money, then we can create better outcomes. And I think that's a really important part of it. We need to have that mindset change to think it's okay to talk about money. And tell me about, yeah, like the collective nature of it as well as, you know, another element that's really huge uh, in Te Ao Māori is the idea of, you know, collective and long-term wealth. Mm. How do you bring those kind of concepts into, you know, this individualistic kind of wealth world? Mm. And I think that's right. Um, You've hit the nail on the head there because being a millionaire, just a generic millionaire, is very different to the idea of being a Māori millionaire. And what I mean by that is that being a Māori millionaire is about gaining those resources and building wealth so that we can help our own. And so if one person in our whānau becomes a millionaire, we all win the benefits of that, whether those are resources, whether one person has more time than they're able to help our whānau out more. It's about those um, community benefits that we don't see when we're just looking at generic millionaires that are just kind of, they get this a bad rap for being money hungry and um, ripping people off or things like that. Being a Māori millionaire is about building those financial capabilities so that we can help our own. And I think that if more of us became Māori millennials, we would have better outcomes when it comes to healthcare, education or the justice system. I think that all of the issues that we see in society um, when it comes to negative statistics can all be influenced by financial resources. If we think about how many whānau aren't going to the doctors because they can't afford it or how many kids aren't doing well in school because they don't have a safe environment at home to be able to study for school or, you know, things like this. I think that money plays a really big role in it. Yeah, 100%. And that kind of um, idea as well about, you, you know, people who are working as many hours as there are in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to get ahead if you're in debt spiral or living mm. outside of means or if there's like a single, um, you know, unexpected illness or car bill mm. or what anything that takes you out. So tell us a little bit about the way you, 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 you talk and share ideas around, you know, especially the importance of like an emergency fund and living, living in the black, like mm. not, not living, not living in the interest world. 
Yeah. <laughs> so my first, my, my biggest thing for people to do is to start with an emergency fund. If you're in debt, if you have a low income, whatever it is, getting your emergency fund is number one. And that's because you don't want to increase your debt levels. If you're already in debt, you don't want it to get worse. So starting off with an emergency fund is the best way to kind of get started. And when you're in that um, space where you don't have enough money to live and stuff, it's about being creative because a lot of the time if you're working those minimum wage jobs, you can't ask for a pay rise. There's no real other way to be able to save that emergency fund if you are already in the red. So being creative about different ways to make money. So some of them could be selling everything that you don't actually need in your fuddy or doing the thrifting thing, I really like that, going to places like um, the Salvation Army to buy cheap kākahu and then selling it on Facebook Marketplace, being really creative about those new ways to start your emergency fund because once you have your emergency fund, you can move on to some of the other steps to be able to build financial freedom. And so once you have your emergency fund, I think the next best one is to get started with your budget and from there you can start investing or um, building different sources of income. But I think it's a really it's a really simple process to build financial freedom, but it's not talked about enough, and so people don't know the step process that we need to take to be able to improve our situation. Yeah, and we'll be back in a moment with Takahu Gura to talk the other steps to financial independence, growing the business, and what's next. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market. The opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. And we're back with Teikahugura. So, how did you start getting the word out? So you started sharing your story, made the Instagram, um, you, you know, got out there and started talking to uh, your community and friends. Tell me about the podcast and the blog and how you got that moving. Mm. I literally know nothing about starting a website or starting a podcast and all of these things, but it was literally through YouTube University that I learned how to start a podcast and things like this. I don't know anyone else that, um, well I do now, but I, at the start I didn't know anyone who had a podcast, so I couldn't ask anyone, but I um, figured all of those things out and I started it off, and my strategy to grow the business was through social media, we have you know, a lot of people, show me someone who doesn't have a phone in their pocket, um, who isn't using social media, um, and so that's how I grew the, I grew a community of like-minded people who wanted to do better and and have more for their whānau. Um, and then as I continued to go, more and more people are joining me on the journey of growing financial independence. And 
has there been good pickup from media? As I've seen some really awesome chats with you on Renews and um, yeah, all, all over the shop. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was able to be on Māori television, which was cool, because as a young person, I always watched Māori television. I thought that was really cool. Um, So I think all the media attraction just really comes from that hunger that we have to have more and to do better. So I'm really happy that um, the media have been able to help me share my message and, and have other people watch it as well. What's the nature of what you have at the moment as part of your offering? So you do like kind of, you you know, there's some courses, there's some speaking, like the speaking looks really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we have have all my free resources, which are the podcast and the blog and social media. And then the next kind of things are my e-books. So I have two different e-books. There's one on building generational wealth and one on how to invest in the stock market. And they are $15 each. They are simple, they're easy to read, and they're just something to get started in your mind about how to get started investing. And then we have my course, which um, at the moment isn't open for enrolments, but um, we're running a group of people through this course about all of these basics to financial literacy and investing and starting their own business. And other than that, we have the speaking events, which have been really exciting to meet people in person, um, finally, because I have all these people following me on the internet that I've never met, but it's really cool to be able to engage in real life. And yeah, outside of that, I'm busy with uni and stuff, so that's what we've got at the moment, but I do hope to have a lot more to offer in the future. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that, studying law and working and all like, like <laughs> a pretty busy place. Yep, I literally never have free time. <laughs> yeah, and then in terms of like the the stuff that you cover on the podcast and with people, tell us about some of the 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 korero you have there and how you're helping to kind of normalise talking about these things and sharing people's stories. Mm. So some of my most popular podcast episodes have been the simplest ones that I have. So interviewing um, KiwiSaver founders of their own little KiwiSaver um, branch, but I love just normalising those corridors. So I ask them the simplest questions, you know, how do I do this or um, what's the best way around doing this? And I love those and I love meeting with other business owners too, so Māori business owners and learning the steps that they took to be able to grow them. One of my favourite ones was Manu from Rua Bioscience and we learned all about how he started um, his business in the medicinal cannabis area and a lot of people thought that was really interesting because we have all of these passions we have all these interests but we don't know how to convert them into um, businesses or actually income streams how many of us have a little passion project that we don't know how to monetize and so I really love being able to connect with people who have done that and I like to think of it as like your aunties and uncles that you just want to ask questions to and the podcast is where they give all the answers to those and how great is Manu Kadi? Like his um, his work on the importance of indigenous forest at the moment mm. is really, really great. Um, yeah, so so cool. And how can people like in in your view? I mean, you're talking with a lot of people who are coming into this financial literacy journey. How how can people get ahead? Like you know, the power of goals is really important. 
But there's some real systemic stuff as well. Like, you know, like how much more could you do if you had um, grants that you could give people or if you could do debt forgiveness or Mm. if you could, you know, like get more involved? Like how could people get involved and help your mission? I think it's all about um, just being there, showing up and sharing content when you see it, if you enjoy it. If you don't like it, actually just commenting and telling me that because I, I really like feedback from people. Some people will say, oh, I just didn't I just didn't like that post. And it's actually really helpful for me to be able to um, create more content that people actually enjoy. But, yeah, I think just being there and sharing what you like, sharing what you don't like is, um, would help to grow this mission of um, creating more Māori millionaires. Book you to speak, buy some yeah. books to gift and buy one, give one. <laughs> <laughs> really haven't had the um, the marketing and the sales area um, interned yet, but <laughs> one day. And where do you see this mission going? Honestly, I'm not sure. So I'm 19 and I'm still trying to finish my degree. I don't know at this point, but what I do know is that whānau Māori need more resources and we need more we need more education about putia and so that's something that I really want to help with and it's something that I'd continue to fight for our people to be able to have better outcomes but at this stage I'm really not sure what um, the future holds. And you've been publicly sharing your journey towards that number although the number's not like the number's important and not important right but it's more the progress <laughs> and the 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 velocity of that progress as well. Um, how's that going? How does how does that feel being open as well with that? That's really brave, you know. Like in a in a world that's so funny about money. Yeah, it definitely um, opens myself up to a lot of criticism. But I think overall, people can see exactly how my journey is going and the different obstacles I have going with it. Um, so at the moment, my net worth continues to grow and it's it's really exciting to have the numbers. So I do like um, check-ins online where, my, where I check in on my net worth and how that's going. And eventually one day my um, check-in will be hitting a million dollars, which will be really exciting. But at the moment, I really love just like simplifying it, whether it's a one, one monthly check-in and just being like, okay, this month was good, or this month wasn't good, and um, this is the progress I made, or maybe I didn't make any progress, and, and just normalising that journey. What advice do you have to anyone who might be interested in building a business or a movement around something that changes a narrative? Like, you know, the re- like, like one of the coolest things about this as an observer is that kind of, you know, you, using your story to change that narrative. It would really be to be courageous because I remember when I wanted to start blogs and podcasts and stuff when I was at school and I was really scared that my friends would just judge me or laugh and I didn't then. Um, but I think now if I had started when I was in year nine, I would probably be a multimillionaire by now. So just to be courageous and to actually do things, it doesn't matter if your friends are going to laugh because if they're going to laugh, you don't want to be friends with them anyways. So just being courageous, doing what you want to do. And, yeah, that's the, that's the best advice I would have. You want to – I think we're the product of those we surround ourselves most by. So if you want to start making um, 
having better outcomes, then find some millionaires to hang out with or find business owners to connect with. So find businesses that you actually like in your local community and ask the person who started it, hey, can I take you out for a coffee? Take them out for a coffee and ask them these questions because that's when we're able to grow, that's when we're able to learn. And if we see other people doing exactly the same thing, then we are going to feel empowered to be able to do that as well. Yeah, it's so cool. And just like establishing that narrative, like we are good with money. I am good with money. I, I'm in charge of my financial destiny. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot Manifest of... Yeah, like, and, and it's such, you know, it, it, alongside, of course, everything to address systemic issues, like that personal issue is, is so important to put in the mix. Mm. As a final thought, like, what will success be for you? I think being able to help people, that's the most important thing. This journey of becoming a multi-millionaire isn't about becoming wealthy for myself. It's about being able to build those resources so that we can continue to be who we've always been. We practice manakitanga and aroha, and these things are really important to who we are as as people. And so with money or without money, that's what we want to guide us, and I think that with money and our tikanga, we can actually be really powerful individuals and create change and um, start reducing the impacts of colonisation. And um, if we're able to have putia, then we'll be able to see better outcomes um, 10, 20, 30 years down the track, which will be really exciting to see. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story so far and can't wait to see where you take this and everything else uh, you're making happen. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today. Take a good appointment. Kia ora. Maurita, thank you for having me. So thank you to Te Kura, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Te Aihe Butler. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. Enohora. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.